0: You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for July 23rd, 2023, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend John Kennedy. It's based on Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30 and 36 to 43. Good morning, all. So I relatively recently returned from my honeymoon on the island of St. John after uh, being married here just three weeks ago. Uh, and it was a wonderful time of uh, pristine beaches, relaxation, sunshine, the very clear Caribbean water, a swimming boats, snorkeling, my first time scuba diving. Uh, so all that to say that, to be honest, I'm still kind of adjusting from being on island time. Uh, so you might imagine that my initial reaction to looking at today's gospel, which I am to, to preach on today, uh, the parable of the weeds among the wheat, or the parable of the wheat and the tares, as it is variously known, in which Jesus talks about uh, evildoers being gathered up into, uh, and being thrown into a furnace of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, was not one of unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> and I imagine the feeling among many, or most, maybe even all of you, um, might be similar. It's the middle of the summer, after all. And uh, this is a time when many of us are slowing down, uh, relaxing, uh, trying to enjoy life a little bit more. And of course, this is not just any summer. This is a summer when there are incredible heat waves uh, hitting many parts of this country, going on for over a month now with no sign of letting up. Uh, and that's not to mention the floods and the wildfires that have been going on. Uh, as it says, in uh, today's reading from the Romans, which we actually didn't hear today because we're doing baptisms. Uh, Who wants to hear about a furnace of fire and weeping and gnashing of teeth when babies are getting baptized, right? Uh, But anyway, another of the readings uh, today talks about creation groaning, and creation most definitely is groaning right now. Uh, So all that to say that uh, when after speaking about the furnace of fire, Jesus says, let anyone with ears listen. Well, perhaps we find ourselves feeling like we rather wouldn't listen to this parable today, especially uh, given the baptisms of today, a a time for celebration and rejoicing. However, I do believe that there is actually a profound message of peace and unity uh, hidden, disguised in today's parable. For uh, in our world today, we are not only afflicted by the heat of wildfires and atmospheric temperatures, we are afflicted by the heat of social division. And Jesus' words, when we understand him, I think can help us cool down. So how can we understand Jesus' words in this way? Well, at this point in the Gospel of Matthew, from which today's passage is taken, Jesus' work is well underway. He's rolling along. Uh, He has given the famous Sermon on the Mount. He is teaching. He is healing. He has called his 12 disciples, uh, and he has sent them out to do similar work to what he himself has been doing Uh, Jesus is winning adherence. He is building a movement. But now, he's begun to confront the reality that not everybody is receptive to his message and to him. uh, And that, in fact, he's starting to get some opponents. So today's parable of the wheat and the tares is addressed to this reality of, of unreceptiveness on the part of some, and even opposition. Hearing this passage today, uh, what might might stand out the most is Jesus' details about uh, evildoers being cast into a furnace of fire and so on. Um, But I actually don't think that is at all the heart of what Jesus is trying to communicate here. And that's because Jesus did not create the ideas, the imagery, the language of a final judgment, such as he describes here, uh, when the righteous are separated from the wicked. Uh, This was a well-established a concept uh, taken from the language, the genre, of Jewish apocalypticism. uh, That's a mouthful, which uh, Jesus uh, often spoke in. Uh, This was a mindset, a worldview, that saw history as being brought to a tumultuous climax, followed by a good conclusion uh, through the activity or intervention of God in history uh, that uh, typically involves some kind of separation of, of the righteous from the unrighteous, And metaphors for that include uh, wheat from weeds, as we get today, or sheep from goats, as we get later in Matthew's Gospel. Apocalyptic language is poetic and is provocative in how it imagines these shakings up of world history. And we see it in both Testaments, including, of course, today's parable from Jesus. So, in talking about uh, a separation of the righteous from the unrighteous, such as Jesus seems to be... Uh, doing here, he's not saying anything new, and therefore, there's not really any teaching there. His audience would have been well familiar, familiarized with such concepts. Uh, I think the teaching here, rather, is that Jesus is telling his people, both then and now, uh, you know, throughout history, to not presume that we know who the good people and the bad people are, to not presume that we know who the wheat is and who the weeds are. And certainly, to not try to eliminate or cast out or cancel the people uh, we deem to be wrong or impure. Because we are all too eager, aren't we, to put ourselves in the position of judge. We are all too eager to put down, to cast out, dismiss, or even destroy people we disagree with. And to that tendency, Jesus is saying, don't try to pull up the weeds. Don't be so sure that you can tell the wheat from the weeds. Uh, The kind of weed that Jesus is talking about here is not uh, the kind of weed you might be thinking about, but it is rather one called darnel, which uh, is a poisonous weed that looks a lot like wheat. So you really can't tell them apart, unless maybe you're a, a real pro. So Jesus is saying, let them grow up together. Let the weeds and the wheat coexist. Let God take care of it. This is a message of tolerance and grace, after all, it turns out. And don't we need that now? This passage has been used for a very long time, for millennia, really, to argue for religious tolerance. Uh, In fact, uh, the first, uh, what what might be the first written articulation of the idea of the separation of church and state back in the 1600s invoked this very passage. It was written by a Baptist minister who also founded Rhode Island. uh, Trivia. But anyway, uh, but at least uh, in, in, now, in our part of the world nowadays, uh, it's not religion that people fight and argue about as much as it is politics. Uh, so many Americans have become fanatical, dogmatic, and intolerant in their politics in a way that resembles religious extremism. In a 2021 article in The Atlantic called America Without God, How Politics Replaced Religion in America, the writer Shadi Hamid says that amid the decline of religiosity in America, religious belief has been channeled into political belief, that political debates have taken on the character of theological disputation. A political theorist that he quotes has called this the law of the conservation of religion, a bit like the law of the conservation of energy, uh, that in any given society, there is actually a relatively constant and fixed uh, supply, if you will, of religious conviction. Uh, what varies is how and where it is channeled. So Hamid writes that it is little wonder that a newly ascendant, relatively newly ascendant, American ideologies which have filled the vacuum left by religion are so divisive and so charged. On the left, uh, we have uh, people who have taken religious ideas, consciously or unconsciously, like original sin, atonement, ritual, and excommunication, or cancellation, and repurpose them for secular ends. And on the right, we have a movement toward uh, ethno-nationalism, draped in some of the trappings of organized religion, but often looking like a tent revival stripped of Christian witness, as well as a drift towards conspiracy thinking. Now, most of us, I would imagine, find us somewhere between those two extremes, uh, but even still, Because of the cultural atmosphere we live and breathe in, uh, we are susceptible, I, I know I am susceptible, to be led, indeed misled, by our society's addiction, fixation, and obsession with judging and condemning our neighbors. And today, as always, Jesus calls us to a different and a better way. He doesn't call us to give up our convictions. He doesn't call us to stop disagreeing. He certainly doesn't call us to give up standing up for what we believe is right. But he does, I believe, call us to give up our judging and condemning one another. Because that is not his way. That's not the way he taught. That's not the way that he lived. There are dangers in seeking to root out the people we differ with. Uh, very real dangers. Uh, first of all, as Jesus says in the parable, we might uproot the good with the bad. We, we who are we to tell the good from the bad apart? Uh, another issue is that we end up reinforcing that with which we disagree or that which we oppose. Uh, the spiritual master Ramdas, in his 1971 book *Be Here Now*, wrote, and I mentioned the publication year because he talks about hippies, which were actually a relevant uh, matter at the time. Uh, He says, hippies create police and police create hippies. If you're in polarity, you are creating polar opposites. You can only protest effectively when you love the person whose ideas you are opposing as much as you love yourself. And that brings us to my final point. Love. All of this, God, Jesus, life, it's about love. And when we are busy judging others, there's no way we can be loving them. And if we do not have love, as St. Paul famously wrote, we have nothing. And as the great Saint Macrina said in her commentary on this very parable, if love is taken from us, how shall we be united to God? That is our only link to God. It's all we have. So today, perhaps Jesus' word to us is to judge a little less and love a little more, Uh, to practice live and let live a little more, and to... uh, Remember that love is a much more solid foundation for justice and change than judgment. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanon.org.